Hey everybody, Jim Sammons here and welcome to the Kayak Fishing Show live as always brought to you by Ballast Point and all of our other great sponsors you see scrolling along the bottom. Of course, uh, if you've been paying attention, the last few episodes have been brought to you by our good friend Patrick Sabeel, a band of anglers. Uh, we are not here to talk politics, we're not here to talk COVID, we're not here to talk about my lousy LG refrigerator which I'm fighting with. Uh, we're here to talk about kayak fishing and fishing in general and all the great places we get to go and our good friends we get to hang out with. Um, with no further ado, again, if, if you've been paying attention again, every Tuesday and Thursday we do our live shows uh, with playing our old episodes. On Tuesdays are the Jackson Kayak Years. On Thursdays are the Ocean Kayak Years. And... Um, the ocean kayak being obviously the older ones. Uh, and these are available to watch here on Facebook, our group page, our show page, as well as on YouTube at Kayak Fishing Tales. I kind of implore you to maybe go over to Kayak Fishing Tales. Uh, notifications on Facebook have been really bad. Um, our last live show had a terrible, terrible reach, and I don't know why. Um, so, you know, we implore you, please, please, please share these shows with your friends, you know, give the thumbs up, the more interaction we get, the better reach we get, the more they send it out. So people will actually see them. So, but we are, like I said, Facebook has been really weird lately and the reach has not been great. So at least if you go and subscribe to kayak fishing tales, you will get notified whenever the, um, videos come up. So anyway, so like I was telling you, uh, these episodes are brought to you by a band of anglers, our good friend Patrick Zabiel, the ma magician of a lure maker. And so he gets the first 10 minutes or so of the show to talk about one of his brands of lures. And today he is going to talk about Spool Tech. And uh, these are a really cool lure. I've caught a lot of fish on them and I'm just scrolling through the page right there really quick. All different styles and um, it, they're, they're very, very unique. So. I just wanted to show, throw that up there really quick, and I will bring Patrick up, and he can explain these lures to you. Patrick, how you doing, man? I'm doing really good. I'm hoping as many as possible of the people who are watching that show live or later on are also doing as good as possible. Yeah, and let me thank you so much for changing location, because <laughs> uh, this week 
you look crystal clear. I'm sure we're going to be able to see the lures crystal clear. You look wonderful. Uh, I want to remind people that anybody watching the show for the next 24 hours, use the discount code right here, and you can get a 20% discount on any of the Spool Tech lures. Uh, and then for the remainder of the week after the 24 hours, you can get a 15% discount and again, use these discount codes. And uh, after the six weeks is up, uh, I think I hit the wrong one. Oh, no, it's scrolling across the bottom. Uh, we will handpick uh, allures for that person. Patrick will pick out the right lures for you. $150 uh, gift assortment of lures from a band of anglers. So, uh, yes. So make sure, but that is for people who engage. That is for people who comment. That is people who share the show, all that. So, Patrick, with no further ado, I'm giving you the full screen here. Whoop, I gave myself the full screen. Uh, mm -hmm. Give you the full screen. <laughs> and uh, let's talk about Spooltech lures. Sure. And really, here's Spooltech. So, when you look at a packaging on a, on a Spooltech lure, you see something that's quite different than other lure. You see the lure body, and then you see some leader, and you see the hook at the end. Well, you see the lure come with the hook on it. So there's a reason that you see that on that display, but here's the lure. Well, that came because uh, the idea of two anglers in Florida of having a concealed leader. And that's why when you look on the lure, on the spool deck lures, you see always there's a spool right here. And the reason was, well, we all lose fish, right? We all lose fish. I, I don't know any serious angler who can who can say that he never lost a fish in his life. So actually, uh, this is the solution to help you losing less fish and yourself, myself. So the reason being that when we lose a fish, it's because the fish is not properly hooked, right? If the fish swallowed the whole lure and the hook is, is hooked deep inside the mouth, well, usually you don't lose that fish. Maybe you break the line, but you don't lose that fish. The way you will, we all lose a fish is when the fish is hooked, you know, not very well on the corner of the mouth and then shake the head, maybe jump. And now you have two things that can happen. First, you have the leverage. So basically from the line that's attached here, the lower body, the leverage on the hook can help the hook basically to get loose and well, to go away, meaning losing the fish. The other thing is the weight of the lure itself. When the fish shake the head sideways, sometimes it also can happen that the lure goes backward because the weight so in both cases that result into a fish loss and the reason why the spool tech brand is so unique and by the way we have patent uh, that cover that that well is that when you have the bite and set the hook here's what happened you have that concealed leader that go away and that's why now no more leverage the lure is away from the hook um, and no more problem of the weight of the of the hook directly impacting uh, you know Sorry, the weight of the lure directly impacting the hook. That's why uh, Spooltech is quite unique. And of course, it's not a one-use bait. That means once you're done, you bring, you fight that fish, you you land it with more chance to land it than other lures uh, because of that very unique characteristic. Then what you do is what I'm doing right now. You simply spool. I hope I center very well. Okay, here. You simply spool that spool right here. You, you can see on the on the top, and you bring back the leader inside. And once you're almost at the end, and it's quite important, you simply keep the hook down and you make sure the, the hook eye goes into the little spot that's made for it and you, you keep tying the leader. And now your lure is ready to cast again. So you see, it don't take long really to spool in the leader, but you have that huge benefit. So 
there's a range. We have different models, different type of action. Uh, this guy is the fatty. That's the, the widest uh, range of, of body. So we have the eight inch, which is that big guy. We have the six inch. That was the kind of original size. We have that five, five inch. I'm going to go in more detail in one second. You have the four inch for lighter um, use. And each of them come in two different options. You have the sinking, which is heavy, but not too heavy. And then you have the extra heavy, definitely much heavier, usually give or take 50% heavier, meaning longer cast and also being able to fish deeper. So that cover a wide range of, of options. So that fatty family is great for that. And that's why I want to also highlight the very specific five inch uh, that have, as you can see right here, that sticker, Bass Special braid leader because like the lure i show you like most of the most of the range have a stainless steel um cable so that's perfect if you target many predator fish if you target pike musky if you target uh snook or tarpoon those guys don't have sharp teeth but they they are very sharp uh gill plates uh if you troll in in big seas you know big eight inch extra v seven ounce for example is great for trolling you can catch a wow you can catch yellowfin tuna a wide range of things but for the model that are more specific to bass like that five inch then we have a braid leader which is much softer and fits much better the bass which you know is the most popular um, predator fish around and of course again you have that benefit that you can simply spool in by you know spinning this spool right here you can just pull in the leader why is that great because i guess many of you guys maybe every one of you you know we've pretty much all of us have caught some bass right and typically if you lose a one pound bass eh, no big deal and uh i guess jim will agree with very much with with me on that one but typically the one we really you know feel a lot of pain are the big ones and those are the ones that are more likely to be lost and the five inch you know with that braid leader is just beautiful for largemouth bass and give you more chance we also have an eight inch for those of you who love big swim baits we have an eight inch bass special uh with the braid leader another benefit is that the tail is made of softer so for those of you who know hyperelastic brand like the dart spin it's made of the same long lasting material gives a lot of kicking action and it's buoyant and it does matter because you can let those bait fall and hit the bottom and 100% of the time, when in the water, the buoyancy of the tail will, cup, will keep the hook up like this. No kidding. Even the big ones, even the 8-inch the uh, long fatty will do that. So that's the fatty family. And just to show another one of the shape, that guy is a stretch, 9-inch, so longer, a slender body, more for longer distance cast. We have three sizes. That's the 9-inch. We have the 7, the 5 and half, And there's a few more. So please... Uh, go visit our, our page, uh, abenofanglers.com, and go on the Spooltech uh, range. You will see a range, different tells, different action, and you can benefit of those uh, special discounts that we are bringing to you. Again, here's the big benefit. You you set a hook when you use a Spooltech lure, and you have that leader that goes out off, and that avoid the leverage of the bait. You lose much less fish, whether it's big bass, calicos, musky, school uh, snook tarpoon name them they all work very well with with that you land more fish thanks to that patent well do you think it's also uh an advantage and that's what i found anyway 
that you can then like use a lighter leader to the lure because yeah. you have that. So you're going to get better action, more hits um, yeah. by having that lighter leader to the lure itself. Definitely, yes. Because typically, the, the one thing that happened, let me show again that 8 inch, you know, when we see the 8 inch, that's definitely a nice bait. So uh, when we have very clear water and, and fish are, are finicky, you know, if you have a thicker leader, we may have less bite, but sometimes we have no choice, like tarpoon or snook, we have no choice but have a big leader because their gill plate or some other fish, their teeth is very sharp. Now, in that case, I have a 1.3 or 1.6 millimeter stainless steel wire. So I can have a thinner leader, indeed having more bites, definitely having more bites. And once the hook is set, now I don't care because the fish teeth or the gill plate are going to scratch against, you know, a 200 pound stainless steel, not against a, you know, 40 pound uh, fluorocarbon. So definitely more bites. Thanks to that. Indeed. And uh, the tails are replaceable. They are. They are. So we can remove them. There's. Oh, let me show here. Yeah, there's a patent. We can just push to remove them, put a new one. We sell also the pack of tails. And here, I want to show you there's a hole underneath the, the belly. Okay, let's call it a belly hole, right? <laughs> <laughs> so in case, uh, uh, in case the tail was a little bit uh, hard to remove, you simply take a stick, something, and you push here, making it uh, very, very simple to, to remove them. Uh, soft material, so long-lasting. Just don't mix them with your regular soft plastic because then they will melt. It's a different type of material. You just need them to, to be in a specific box, but you can put them with hyperelastic lures. You can put them with Z-Man, another very popular brand that use not exactly the same plastic, but the same family of plastic, so they don't melt together. Lot of, uh, lot of benefits. They hold much longer also with uh, fish teeth. You catch many more fish, they last much longer, and they have a lot of kicking action, which is great. Uh, we did have one question here that pertained to this. Uh, the leaders, are they replaceable? Not, and I will say more exactly, not yet, because for future generations of Spooltech, I'm working on, on systems that are a bit more complex to put in place, where we'll be able to, to replace them. But one simple, very simple tip, if you fish in salt water, is that simply, once you're done fishing, wash those guys with fresh water and let them hang like that, say, one night. So they dry. So you avoid to build to have too much salt because even if it's named stainless steel, it's not fully, fully, fully stainless steel. So if you simply spool in the leader and let them like this for six months, well, rust will build. That's the truth too. But with the, the new compared to the original spool tech where the leader was much longer, much thinner, so more sensitive to kicking, more sensitive uh, to oxidation, uh, I put shorter one, which still feel all the need of not allowing leverage and stuff like that, much more uh, rust resistant, much more teeth resistant, much less likely to kink when uh, you fight a, a fish. Awesome. Well, Patrick, that's it. You, I, again, I really appreciate you uh, moving locations because this worked out much better this week, being able to actually see you and see the lures. Uh, so I appreciate it. Again, uh, what exactly are you doing for this custom pack? For So, uh, like I said, after the six yep. weeks up, we're going to choose somebody who has participated, who has shared this uh, for a gift pack. So what exactly are you going to do for that? The thing was, I, I like to personalize things. And I was thinking, if I just put together 
a range of baits. Well, who knows? The gentleman or the lady angler who will win that pack may find some of the baits not be really relevant to he or herself. So my idea was when you, Jim, pick someone at the end of those six weeks, this person will let you know what does that person like. Is it someone who's looking for, say, musky? Is it someone targeting calicos, you know, in the kelp? Is it someone fishing for striped bass on whether the east or the west coast? Is it someone who likes, you know, fishing light tackle for redfish and sea trout? And based on that, I will put that gift assortment together of specific lure that I believe will fit really what that person look like. And also I will take one of the catalog and dedicate, you know, make a sign um, personalized signature to that very person. Very, very cool. So here once again are those discount codes. Uh, again, for the 24 hours, uh, you can get 20% off using that YAKS05-20 and then use the other discount code for the remainder of the week for your 15% off. Yep. Um, Thank you, Patrick. I do appreciate it. And uh, I will be talking to you again next week. I'm very sure. I'm always glad to be with you. And I stay here to watch the show. I love watching your shows. You know that. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So uh, the remainder of the show, of course, is going to be our continuation of our uh, road trip to uh, down Baja and then going out to Cedrus Island. This part is uh, Cedrus Island. I'm really stoked that my good friend who was on the trip with me and who's actually been on the show several times, and he and I have fished a lot together considering uh, he lives in Northern California and I live in Southern California. So uh, great that he could join us here today because every other time I ask him, he's a busy guy and can't make it. So with no further ado, my buddy, Sean White. How are you, brother? I'm doing good, man. Just trying to finish my lunch. <laughs> but I, I think I, I made the deadline. <clears throat> How are you? I'm good, man. Good. We're going opposite directions. You're getting a little more clean cut and I'm turning <laughs> into a homeless person. <laughs> yeah. My, my beard wasn't doing me any favors anymore. So for now it's off. I, I figured I would uh, embrace the uh, COVID hair and facial hair. And yeah. Why not? You can either do, you can ignore it or, or do a system you don't need to go to the barber for, which is what I've done. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. The other way. I go, I'll go the other way. Once this is gone, it's going to go about this long. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Sean, uh, we were, uh, God, I don't remember how long ago this was now. I mean, it was several years. Oh, the Kraken was brand new, I believe, because uh, we were doing like promo things for it. So whatever year that was, I remember... Um, doing like a walkthrough on the, the patio there at um, Cedros. Right, right. We uh, we loaded up our trucks and drove down the Baja. We uh, had a wonderful time at Mag Bay. Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, that was actually the first episode of this season, which is season seven. Um, it was the first episode no idea where it went that episode, oh, wow. that episode has disappeared so i wasn't actually able to air that part oh so, wow that's crazy mag bay is a super super cool place we just kind of had a interesting experience Our experience was not the best but it is a beautiful place um i would like to see it slightly differently but even even that experience um I, when we were grouper fishing out there 
I lost track of how many we hooked up, but it's very easy to count how many we landed. <laughs> <laughs> Truth. And the river fishing there was ridiculous. Yeah. And I actually, a friend of mine was just down there. Um, she was uh, kayak fishing, had a boat take her out to the mouth and got a striped marlin. Wow. So uh, it's it's a very prolific uh, area for marlin outside of Mag Bay. So yeah, let's get back there. But the highlight was, and the cool part was, we had some issues. Uh, called Jose at Cedrus Island and said, "Can we come early? Because we were scheduled at you know a different time." And he said, "Yeah, I forgot about yeah, that. bring it." And uh, interesting, and we had some. Uh, Vehicle issues, trailer issues. Yes, I think your leaf spring ate it or something, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Your roof rack. Your yeah, roof rack broke. The roof rack, because I had that lumber rack for carrying the kayaks yeah. on top. And then I had the trailer. And yeah. those dirt roads, those uh, washboard roads can be a little brutal. They're savage, yeah. But uh, the, uh, the trials of getting there and everything go all the way when you reach that cool destination. I totally agree, you know, and even with the with the sort of incidents we had, it was like every other Baja experience I had. People basically just bent over backwards to get us back on the road. I think that welding shop opened on a Sunday. We hung around out back and just ate food and BSed with the guys while they did like an absolutely beautiful welding job to get us uh, back onto the road for one of the sportier ponga rides of my life across the straits there and over to sea dress. It was fun. Yeah, no. And, and like I said, if people, if people are afraid of going down Baja, yeah, I mean, yes, yeah, just like any place there are, you can have issues. Yeah. <clears throat> but the people are so nice. The nicest by people and large, are. by and large, the people are so nice. I always feel completely safe down there. Um, and well, you and I, you know, you would help me guide down in Baja I mean, how many thousands of dollars in gear would we leave sitting outside our rooms every yeah, night? Every day. I mean, you think about like the spread Mike and Mary left out in front of their cabin every day. I mean, just zillions of dollars of high-end fly tackle and nothing ever moved. Yeah. I lost a pair of pliers. <laughs> I, 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 and I actually caught the uh, a kid walking because I had left them on my kayak on the beach and, oh. and a kid uh swiped them and uh actually caught him but that's the one thing out of all the years i guided down there so always no, it's always been you know the only you should be afraid of is eating really nice people yeah <laughs> just don't be stupid yeah don't be the ugly american don't be stupid yeah be kind and gracious and they there's very that tenfold right yep <clears throat> so um the uh the ride out to Cedros, I, you you and I had actually done, we had done the mothership trip to Cedros before. Uh, yeah, I organized the Islander trip with Paul Leibowitz a number of years before. It was a six-day, I think it was the longest they ever did on the Islander with kayaks. <clears throat> so we'd been there once before, but uh, as part of a mothership trip. Yeah, and... I tell you what, I mean, as much fun as that is, and that's a totally different experience. Yeah. Being able to fly down there uh, that the way, because this was a, a drive down and then motored across, but his yeah. operation is really based on picking you up in San Diego and flying you down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, <clears throat> to be able to get down to that kind of fishing and 
you know, leave in the morning and be fishing that afternoon is pretty cool. And it's a special place. Uh, when I first started going, he, we, he was using a hotel up into the island. And uh, this trip was the first time we'd been there with his new lodge. And what the lodge is amazing. I actually really found the whole island to be uh, is really a lovely spot. I've been pretty much all up and down Baja a number of times. And there's a few places that are super memorable. And Cedros is definitely one of them. When we went on the mothership, since we we weren't documented or whatever, we weren't even allowed to land on the island. So I had no idea what it was actually like uh, on the island. And the little village was very sweet, <clears throat> good food, really nice people, and just uh, a, a really cool little place in Baja. But then when you show up at uh, his actual lodge, um, it makes quite the showstopper. It's a beautiful facility. Uh, for uh, even if you couldn't fish, if I could sit on that bluff and just stare at the water all day, yeah, right. <laughs> with a cold beer, uh, yeah. I, I'm a happy man because that is an amazing place. So I want to check in with a couple people who are saying hello. Liam, watching Ooh. over on Kayak Fishing Tales, I do appreciate that. And again, I encourage anybody to uh, watch it over at Kayak Fishing Tales, or at least subscribe over there because uh, that way you're for sure going to get notified when we um, do our live shows. Uh, Eric, uh, yeah, talking about the strange things with Facebook. Yeah, it's been a mad, mad world. Chris Punk says, I just got a pile of magic swimmers. Uh, that was my go-to lure. That's a great bait. Uh, yeah. That lure won so many awards, and I caught so many fish on it, and I fished with that thing everywhere. Absolutely amazing. So that was one of Patrick winners. Unfortunately, that's back with pure fishing and uh, uh, Patrick has moved on with his other stuff. And he's got a, a lure that's very similar also. Um, <clears throat> Patrick, what's that one called? The, I can't remember off the top of my head. The Dead Alive. Dead, dead alive. alive. Is it Dead Alive? Yeah, in one word, Dead Alive, because really it's so it's part of Hyperlastics and we have a weighted or a not weighted model. That means one it's buoyant, float on the top, one float on the bottom, and it's really made to mimic a truly a dying bait fish. So you can swim it, and it's a swim bait. But when you pause it, when you twitch it, uh, the buoyant, when you let it just float, it, it, it goes from a swimming position to slowly turning sideways and go floating on the top like a dying bait fish. If you've seen a dying bait fish, that's why the dead alive. Very cool. There you go. Well, thanks for sticking around to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, um, Andreas, again, watching on Kayak Fishing Tales. Again, we appreciate that. Good buddy, Chris Funk. Uh, still want to come west to chase some of your critters one day, sir. You have piles of bucket list species. Well, you are always welcome, Mr. Funk, uh, to come out here. My house is open to you because uh, you just make me laugh the whole time we're together. So, <laughs> With no further ado, I think we need to get this episode going or we'll never watch it. So this is uh, Season 7, Episode 3, Part 2 of Cedros Island. And this is a cool part is my daughter's on this trip with us and we just had an awesome, awesome time. So let's get this, this thing rolling. On the Kayak Fishing Show, our Baja Road Trip Adventure continues. We've got our continued trip at Cedros Outdoor Adventures, Cedros Island. We're chasing yellowtail, calico bass, halibut, all kinds of great game fish out at this beautiful island. Stick around, it's gonna be a great show.
I'm going to skip skip over the intro. <laughs> this week on Jackson Kayak's Kayak Fishing Show with Jim Sammons. Jim is on the island of Cedros with Cedros Outdoor Adventures. Joining him this time is his daughter, Kirsten, and fellow Jackson teammates, Jared, Adrian, and Sean. Yeah, we're time to whack them. Pressure's on. The guys have had the first few days on the water with a small yellowtail, hundreds of calico bass, and a huge halibut hooked and landed. But Cedros is really known for its healthy yellowtail bite, and that's what the guys are here to catch. Well, I love calico bass. They're, they're, they're a beautiful fish. Um, and just so much stronger, much more powerful than a freshwater bass. Uh, these things really pull hard. And when you catch them in the boiler rocks, in that really rough terrain, it's even that much more exciting. Uh, I mean, a small calico will tow your kayak. When you get into a big one and it wants to run into the rocks and into the weeds, you have a real tussle on your hand. It's a lot of fun. Pretty much non-stop calico action here. If you want to catch calico bass, you really just need to throw a jig out and let it sink. It's kind of ridiculous. Um, trying to get, maybe find uh, some better action on the yellowtail, but uh, right now they're really only happening uh, by trolling Rapalas, and it's the one thing we didn't bring in the boat. <laughs> of course. That was a great boat. I loved that kayak. <clears throat> Calico bass on the yo-yo iron. Look at that one, Will. Yeah. That's a chunker. That is a beauty. Especially the uh, urban cowgirl color. Get the heck out of here. Well, go with what's working. Saw the boat right next to us. Just hooked up two boats. Just hooked up trolling Rapalas. So, uh, I figured we may as well try that, too. Was there a, a big craft spawn going on when we were there, Jim? When we come back, the guys continue their search for the elusive big yellows. That what was that, Sean? I think when we were there for this part of it, wasn't there red crab just everywhere? Yes. Time to go. Yeah, the, the red crab. Yeah. Sometimes they get locked in on that stuff and you just can't pull them away. No, I mean... You can't blame them, right? <laughs> easy. We're eating a lot of little lobster. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a bad day. <laughs> Welcome back to Jackson Kayak's Kayak Fishing Show. This week, we joined Jim and his team of top open water kayak anglers at Cedros Outdoor Adventures on Cedros Island. Winds have picked up on the outside, so the team is forced to hug the shore and cast into the boiler rocks for calicos. But sometimes there are surprises that lurk in the turbulent waters. Changing spots. Even if I've just been throwing lures, I'll throw that lure out behind me and troll it to the next spot. Catch a lot of fish that way. And you're definitely not going to catch a fish if you don't have a, a line in the water. So may as well troll it. I got hooked into a nice yellowtail yesterday this way. Well, ecologically, this place is really cool. Uh, you know, the island itself is very arid, so it's a very deserty 
type of uh, habitat on land. But because of the large embayment on the backside of it and the constriction between here and Punta Eugenia, an area of a lot of upwelling, that upwelling makes a lot of nutrients. Those nutrients generally make very, very uh, heavy kelp beds here. And that's sort of the base for why the fisheries here are, are so incredibly robust. Jared and Adrian had been fishing these boiler rocks for, for calicos, and they had both caught in uh, sea bass. One again got eaten by a sea lion, and, and they actually retained one, which we're going to have for dinner tonight, which I'm also excited about. And um, I had never had an opportunity. Normally, again, this is sort of a big tackle kind of thing, so uh, I didn't have the right sort of set up uh, according to the guys. I ended up catching three, so I guess I did. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot calmer out here than I thought it would be. I actually got spooled in that place. The only time I've ever actually been spooled. That's right. So, I uh, forgot about slimer. that. Yeah. I was just bouncing those swim baits off that rock and picking up those little white sea bass. And I don't know, I caught two or three of them. And then one same basically little pickup felt just like a bass. I set the hook and that thing burned out of there like a cruise missile. Uh, spun my big old cracking around like a compass needle. <clears throat> and before I could even think about what I was gonna do, it was at the bottom of my, uh, had an Abu Garcia inshore. And I was like, just literally the Arbor knot. <clears throat> and I put my thumb on it and Pink goodbye. I bet it was a yellowtail. Yeah, probably was either that or a big white sea bass. But boy, it just boogied. There was no stopping it, and literally just the force of it swinging the bow around, it just dumped my whole spool. Yeah, I, I've caught yellowtail at Cedrus Island in two feet of water. Yeah, they'll get they'll push bait right up against the island and. Um, on on plastics and stuff while you're fishing a cow for calicos and you yeah. toss over the other direction and the next thing you know you're getting smoked by a yellow when and we were there uh on the islander justin was shooting them off the beach like in exactly at two or three feet of water over the sand and everybody was like where were you at <laughs> right <laughs> over there in the kiddie pool you know it, yeah they're they're everywhere there. And it's a, it's a, the cool thing. I think one of my very first times there, I was fishing calicos in the boilers. And I'm bringing it back. I hook a, a calico and I got a big old plastic hanging out of its mouth. And a big old white sea bass just came in and just ripped the plastic right out of the calico's mouth and took Holy off. Hell. And it was it was one of those zing pow, you know, because I'm <laughs> fishing totally locked down drag and like I said, just just an absolutely super cool place. So uh, just since I've, we've paused here, everybody, you know, again, I ask if you can please share this with your friends. Give us a thumbs up if you're enjoying it and uh, throw us some questions. If you've got any questions for us or Patrick, Patrick's going to stick around till the end of the show. So please, again, uh, give us some comments, some shares, some questions, all that. And let's keep this thing going. But it was incredible. It was very much like fishing for largemouth. Uh, you know, we're pitching these plastics right into heavy structure. I was just bringing it back with sort of an uneven retrieve, and man, they were just hammering it. It's really, really fun. They're not great big tankers. These were sort of sub-adults, uh, 10, 12 pounds, but man, on the light, tiny bass rods, it was kind of 
incredibly fun. Beautiful fish. They have these incredible purple luster to them with these big barring. Oh man, gorgeous fish. So for me, great experience. And that for fishing, that was my my highlight of the trip was uh, busting those off the rocks. It was a, a, a real treat. Still no sign of big yellows, but the guys are content with the fun fighting white sea bass. However, the sun is setting and it's time to head into the incredible Baja Magic Lodge high on the cliff tops overlooking the ocean. My name is Jose Angel Sanchez Pacheco. In Mexico, we have two last names, two first names. Um, we're on Cedros Island, which is the island in the Pacific coast, right between San Diego and Cabo San Lucas, to give you an idea. We are the belly button of the peninsula. <laughs> Wanted to come back because Jose is, is such a great host at Cedros Outdoor Adventures, but he built himself a new lodge here um, that he invited us to come see and uh, well worth the trip. His new place is absolutely amazing. Yeah, that lodge is unbelievable. Forget whatever you're doing out on the water, being able to sit <laughs> at this hotel. All right, we got to go back. <laughs> Just watching this makes me want to go back so bad. Yeah, place is amazing. If you're around Jose, you also need to be have a very thick skin, uh, be able to handle a heavy dose of sarcasm. Because like us, because he fits in perfectly with us, he's super sarcastic. Yeah, he's a great, great dude. Now with a fleet of boats and a luxury lodge, Cedros Outdoors Adventures has become the go-to destination for anglers all over the world who want a chance at the plentiful yellowtail that these waters are known for. And the, the remoteness and the isolation that you get from a community on an island creates that uh, family-style living. I like this island. I like the people. I think they're really great people, hardworking, and they have uh, survived in an environment that is really difficult to live in. And um, yeah, they're, they're all our friends, really. I appreciate a lot the, the help and the support from the local people. When we return, Jim and the team put away the light tackle and hope that the winds will give them a chance at some big, hard-fighting yellowtail. And it was windy. Yes, it was. <laughs> I've got some photos from that, which were actually cool, cool promotional photos for the Kraken because it showed how well it paddled in that slop. But yeah, I mean, very windy. head down, paddling hard in yeah. that. Welcome yeah. back. Today we're on Cedros Island off the coast of Baja on the hunt for monster yellowtail. It's been an amazing week fishing inshore for calico bass and white sea bass, but now the clock is ticking down and the team has yet to land a table-sized yellowtail. It's our last day at Cedros. Uh, we've got some, uh, hopefully, some better weather. We've got a little bit of cloud cover out over here, but more importantly, at the moment anyway, there's no wind. Uh, we've been hammered by wind, and although it never shows on film, and we had 35 mile an hour wind yesterday, and uh, that makes fishing tough. So hopefully today, hopefully we're gonna get out there and whack some yellowtail. That fish was awesome. Um, caught it on the surface iron, which is my favorite way to catch yellows. 100% favorite way. Yeah, I asked, I asked for the help because it was my biggest yellowtail and uh, it was up at gap and ready to be gapped and I didn't want a sea line to take it like it did the last couple of days. So. 
What are we? Let's go! Yes! Yeah, that's a nice fish. Yes, it is. <laughs> Jared's energy dude is it, contagious, it man. Was very, I love that guy. Much more so than I think we anticipated. Um, but we stuck with it and it was it ended up still being a beautiful day most of the time. We decided to put the kayaks in the water anyway and we started trolling, slow trolling a little bit. And I was ready to just call it a day and say I'm out for a nice paddle today because it was so windy I didn't think we we're gonna get anything but right when I was ready to just paddle around leisurely I, it started clicking so a fish was on and I grabbed the reel and it was heavy. Did you get that fish in yet? Okay. Yeah so I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> of course, being super dad, she's hooked up and we I think we'd caught a couple of yellows by this point. And she's hooked up and she's like, I, I can't pull it. It's strong. I'm like, it's come on. Because we were catching kind of average size. That one that um uh what's Adrian it? Caught, yeah. Adrian caught was a quality fish, but most of them were, you know, smaller yeah. units. And so I was giving her a hard time, like, just come on, you can land this. Yeah. I can't pull any harder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that, it was not the same grade. No, no, this fish was definitely <laughs> a, a, a good quality fish. And, and I felt so bad afterwards because I'd just given her a hard time. Like yeah. she was pulling hard enough and it was the bigger than anything I caught on the trip. So yeah, <laughs> keep her going. Go, 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 go. Right at it. Wine, 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 wine. Pull, pull, pull. You can rest tomorrow. <laughs> Shut up, dad. It's supposed to be. You can put your feet over the sides of the boat if it'll make you feel more stable. <laughs> I remember we were chasing the fish all over. Ended up being a lot bigger. So you guys ended up being in the right spot at the right time. Yeah, they were moving. Yeah. My dad, so he could get it untangled and everything. It's not broken off, but it's it's locked in the kelp. Oh, that's so right. At this point, at this point, this fish had run and wrapped in kelp. I remember that now. And you know, with her having a lot less experience, I took the rod just to try to get it out, and uh, luckily was able to get it to swim out. Uh, but it, I mean, that fish was a tussle. <laughs> God bless Spectre, right? Back in the day, that would have been like the end of your day. But right, right. Thanks, thank you for the. Uh, Cigar there just cut right through it. Yeah. But still, you could feel it when they lock in. It's like, oh, yeah. Ugh, it's the worst. That is the worst. <laughs> but then after that, I pulled it out to the boat by myself, and it was, I, I mean, it was big. So I was pretty sure. <laughs> Oh my God, this is huge! <laughs> <laughs> it's a huge hotel. Yeah, that is a donkey. 90, 38, 39, 36. 39.17. Good fish. Cedros fish. Yeah. Yellowtail capital. Having a great time with Cedro. Kirsten just landed a tanker yellowtail. 
stick around and see if we get some more. Yeah, that one, that shot right but there really shows. It stretched out. It, it had what a quality team. fish that and was. Celebrate with fresh yeah. I remember you had that huge ice chest that year, and it barely fit. Yeah, it was that coffin After size uh, angle cooler. Yeah. But it's, that's the thing is when I was the first time I went down there was on a mother's ship and we saw, we saw several fish over 50 pounds. I mean, that's the quality of fish you can find there. And I got a uh, like Welcome one ounce shy of 10 pound calico. Island, and the wind wow. is still howling offshore. Jim has decided to make the most of it and is confident that it won't be an issue for him or his kayak. Because I put a Torquedo motor on it. <laughs> well, I was paddling the Jackson Kayak Kraken, my signature boat. It's a paddler's fishing boat. Somebody who, who likes to paddle wants a good paddling boat. But we designed that thing to excel in, in big water. Um, so it handles that slop and chop and, and movement and just continues to glide. I was paddling it. Uh, I mean, look at that wind. Yeah, it was cranking. I felt like I had a motor on behind me. I mean, the boat is so fast. It's such a good paddling boat. Anybody who enjoys paddling would enjoy the Kraken. And then the, the fishing stuff is all just bonus and it's designed really well for fishing. <laughs> Our last day on Citrus Island was pretty awesome. Um, a challenge we had, as every day, we had insanely high winds, uh, 25, 35 mile an hour gusts. Uh, that's hard to fish in. Um, but we saw bait, we saw birds, and I was just bound to determine I was gonna stick it out, paddled into the headwind. And uh, I mean, I was, I was paddling as hard as I could at some points with those really hard gusts and I was going, you know, like 0.7 miles an hour. Okay. Pause. Yeah. Of course, old guy, oldest guy on the trip. You're the only guy left paddling. I think at that I'm point. You're paddling everything. The boys uh, up there jump on the boat and fish off the boat. Yep. It's like <clears throat> making a kayak fishing show. We don't care. We want to catch fish. We don't want to paddle. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I was ready to kill those guys. <laughs> <laughs> and just just really working hard to stay in the zone. And getting a little frustrated, had to deal with a sea lion, had a bird take my bait. I mean, I, I was getting pretty frustrated out there with all the hard work of paddling, but it paid off. And that fish was pulling me into the wind. Yeah, you don't even have I think you, that was one of the very first torpedoes, and I think your rigging didn't work, so you took it off, right? Right, right. And I'm telling you, fighting those big fish in those challenging conditions just made the catches that much more exciting. I mean, it was really cool. You know, I said I was paddling, you know, 0.7 miles an hour. That fish pulled me two miles an hour into the wind. That shows you how powerful these big fish are. And it was just so, so exciting and so fun. And when you finally get that fish underneath you and you know you've got it, you've got color. 
it's dicey because there's so much water moving around and and, and the fish may go down and, and that's a quality one too yeah that's another biggie no you're that close to getting it and once you put the gaff and it's like oh man it was so exciting it's just such a a great ending to an awesome trip here at cedros island with cedros outdoor adventures on the sg i have a 80 pound cigar threadlock at a 40 pound cigar fluorocarbon leader man everything i could to pull on that fish and everything held up perfect what a great fish great fight ah, good times let's put that on the boat just about to call it a day as the winds get even higher jim drops one last bait in the water in hopes for something good They come in flurries. Yeah, they do. Yeah, as I recall, um, like I said, the, the, these we were basically following birds. They were yeah. just kind of dipping around every once in a while. It wasn't like big yes. areas where they just start pounding. Just all of a sudden, you'd see a few birds just start dipping and uh, work around to those areas, and then boom. Yeah, we were sort of just going back and forth, and every once in a while, we'd cross paths. Yeah, yeah another nice one. I can't thank Jose at Cedros Outdoor Adventures enough. He and his staff did such an incredible job to, to accommodate us and to get us on fish and to really work hard in some pretty trying conditions. You've got to come to this place. You will not regret it. Jose does run a great outfit. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And he, you know, he was on the show with us last week. Um, he said we wouldn't recognize it. He goes, he has done more improvements to it, added a nope. couple of cabins. Um, so definitely got to go back and check it out. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Oh, my goodness. With that, we say adios to Cedros. Just one last step. Load up the truck and throw the fish in the cooler for the long ride home. Here's a Canadian for you. Adios. Now, normally, <laughs> they will fillet and vacuum pack your fish for you. But I had some special requests from a few friends that wanted some whole fish. So I brought along my Angle 240 cooler. <laughs> I think this is enormous. This is a I think it's hold these giant fish and it's going to keep them cold for our two-day ride home. I'll just get these fish in there, pack some ice in there, and I know these fish are going to be good and fresh by the time we get home. Here's my old truck. Yeah, my old truck as well. That old red fort of mine was uh, a really good truck, dude. It had so many good adventures in that thing. <sighs> the road trip has ended, and I hear my dogs. 
Yum. Yum is the word. Yum. I actually have um, the the hook that Kirsten caught that fish on. Oh, that's cool. Is um, is hanging from a, a light in front of the house. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I think the hook was still in the corner of its mouth, and when I unpacked it, it was still there. So I just popped it up and just hung it in front of the hung house. It and that's, that's where it lives now. I oh, still yeah. have, I, I haven't saved any except my first kayak marlin. I, I still have that hook. Oh, do you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the flag we got you? Oh, yeah. It's like a whole, it's a whole uh, kit. The, the shrine. Yeah. yeah. Says, uh, Kirsten fit in it. She actually fit in that cooler. Yeah. That thing was so big. <laughs> hey, Pamela. Thanks for joining us. I uh, appreciate it. And SD watching that again, kayak fishing tails. I said great camera shots, and that was actually quite near the beginning. There were some good shots. It is nice to have good camera guys with you. Yeah. Rather than trying to do it all on GoPro. <laughs> yeah. I think we had Will and was that Mike McKay was on that trip, right? Right, right. And that was a whole other dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> they were they Will, Will and Mike and my truck a lot. They were just back there playing music the entire time. <laughs> They co-opted my, my ukulele and had a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a, a great road trip. Now, you had done a trip. That's why I kind of let you, uh, it's like, hey, help us plan this thing out. Because you yeah. had done a road trip all the way down. All the way yeah. down to the East Cape. and Yeah, we did a 31-day trip down there, uh, I think, in 2008. I was changing jobs and had to um, not start my new job for six weeks uh, because of CalPERS. And I said, okay, I've got an idea. <laughs> so I was in Baja getting paid and uh, it was, it's insane. You know, when you go down there that long, you forget about what day it is and all of the things that you go to a place like that for. It, it was insane. So fun. Yeah. And we, the trip we did was like two weeks. And yeah, it's pretty long as well. And but it's not long enough. Yeah, 30, 32 days felt about right. You find yourself driving by so yeah. many places that you want to check out because you kind of get yourself on this schedule. Yes. And there are still a couple places we were supposed to go on that trip that we didn't make it to, uh, only because it was just like this trip, you know, where where we thought we were going to spend most of our time ended up not being what we wanted and we went to some other places on the punt and the punt ended up being amazing and we stayed there way longer than we ever intended so uh, there's still plenty of unfinished business down there yeah and uh, there's still so much places that you can truly adventure oh yeah you know it's take a dirt road and figure out where you end up yeah we stayed at this one beach for i think almost around eight days or something and uh, we didn't know at that point we we're sort of off the calendar and when we first started camping there one of the gringos in the neighborhood told us that you'll know it's the weekend when uh, when some of the locals show up 
and we already had way more fish than we could eat. We didn't know what to do, but we had spear fishermen with us and CNR spear fishing isn't really a thing. Right. <laughs> and um, when we came back, there were, there were locals on the beach and Justin had just shot this massive Cabrilla, like a 40 pounder. And I was sort of annoyed with him. I'm like, dude, what are we going to do with that thing? He's like, dude, I'll just get the locals, you know, and they can have a big barbecue on the beach. So we gave it to them and they were so happy, but they, they were so happy. They packed up and left. They're just like, <laughs> they over and they just booked with it. They took it home. It was really funny. We envisioned they'd have like this big, you know, sort of Baja Luau down there. And they're like, oh, hell no. We're taking this thing home and putting it in the refrigerator. <laughs> the whole, we killed the whole party. Really funny. Yeah, that's amazing. Like I said, it is, there's so many cool places. So many, I, I would really, I'd really like to do that trip again, like you were talking about doing 30 days or something like that. And we, we met so, so many to explore. You just get in the groove, you know, so I would love to do something like that again. Now we have sprinters. Now we have vans. Yeah. I was sleeping in the back of my Tacoma on that trip, like a short bed, two wheel drive Tacoma. I would say the only thing uh, bad about that trip was I was just, I was over sand by the end of it, you know, like I had sand in every crevice of that Tacoma, including my bed and everything was just covered in sand, but it's, it's not a bad place to go. Well, Patrick, did you enjoy the show? I follow all the show. I love the wind. <laughs> we all know that. <laughs> Yes, I know. I bring the weather everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> I can bring it to Florida. I can bring it to Baja. I can bring yeah. it to the Bahamas. <laughs> you know, believe me, uh, I, I got tired with wind a long time ago. You know, I started to guide basically by back in 1986 on the, the Sahara coast, on the west coast of Africa, you know, where the Sahara Desert reach uh, the Atlantic Ocean. So basically you have that huge desert behind you, sand and stones only, and you have the ocean in one of the, truly one of the best fishing place in the world where the number one target was the white sea bass, which we were catching from the beach, you know, 40 to 60 pound average and wow. our daily catch. And, um, but the problem was that place was, I'm not sure the, the best word to describe it, but I was loaded with wind. It was <laughs> 6.99 days a week of wind. Wow. <laughs> and real wind. And it can be pretty hot in the day. You you know, it can be in the daytime, can be 100 degree. And just around 11 p.m., that will drop to 36, something like that. So we will be from T-shirt and sweating. And just a few hours later, you will be covered with uh, with clothes um one, one funny thing was we're fishing mostly from the beach you know, surf fishing and we will dig holes i will tell my customer dig hole in the sand because when the night comes you want to be there so you're hidden from the wind and you can look at your rods so everybody will do that i mean some will not do the first two or three hours and then they will change their mind for the rest of the trip but sometimes the wind was that cold piercing you through your ribs and everything that some people will have a bite and they will tell their friend, hey, 
don't you want to take my rod? <laughs> <laughs> they, don't, they don't want to crawl out of their hole. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's funny. So, uh, well, we're kind of reaching the end here. Again, I want to remind everybody to use those discount codes to get your discounts over at abandofanglers.com on the spool tech lures, the 20% off for the next 24 hours and the 15% off for the remainder of the week. And of course, you know, it doesn't have to be today, but if you comment or share this, this broadcast, you know, you'll be entered into uh, winning a $150 gift package handpicked from Patrick Sabia. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. so thank you guys so much. I really appreciate you being on here with me today. It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun remembering uh, these great trips. And Patrick, uh, always fun chatting with you and learning more about your product. And we'll see you again next Tuesday. You For guys sure. take care. So uh, again, we'll be back on Thursday with our Ocean Kayak years. Um, I believe uh, this Thursday, as I recall, was actually shooting here in San Diego. So we do some stuff on San Diego Bay. We do some stuff in La Jolla. I know we ended up uh, getting some live squid and uh, fishing out there. So uh, a fun older, older episode. So again, I do appreciate y'all uh, joining us and please again, share these things with your friends. Give us that thumbs up, all that fun stuff. If you are going out on the water, please remember always wear your PFD and keep your paddle right side up. Y'all take care. <laughs>